Pulling up to Mickey D's just for drinks? Oh yeah, that's me. Nothing extra, just perfection and a straw. Coming in hot for the coldest cups on the block. Because there are drinks. Then there are drinks from McDonald's. Mix things up with any size lemonade or sweet tea for $1.49. Perfect with our classic fries. Price and participation may vary. Cannot be combined with any other offer. Ba-da-ba-ba-ba. Sask Egg Today is brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford is your automotive expert. From sales to service, they're the ones you can trust to get you rolling again sooner. Sask Egg Today with Doug Faulkner. Good afternoon and welcome to Saskag Today. Coming up on today's program, the latest Manitoba crop report suggests harvest progress in the province is at 13%, which is on par with the five-year average. We'll hear from James Fry, who is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture based in Roblin, and he'll tell us about how harvest is going in the northwest part of Manitoba. Reaction to the Saskatchewan government's announcement of financial support for livestock producers through agri-recovery has been positive. We'll have reaction from the president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association, Garner Diabold, and the CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan. The Tri-National Agricultural Accord wrapped up in Saskatoon last week. For the first time, industry stakeholders took part in the meetings with agriculture representatives from Canada, the United States and Mexico. We'll hear from two of those industry stakeholders on the program. And of course, it's week two of the harvest edition of GX94 Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper for eight weeks this fall. We made our draw, and I will announce our lucky winner a little later on in the program. So all of those stories and much more coming up on today's edition of GX on Agriculture. Beef and Forage Report. Two farm groups are working together to address a shortage of straw because of drought conditions in parts of Saskatchewan. The Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association and the Saskatchewan Seed Forage Development Commission are facilitating a forage straw drop among producers in the Northeast. President of the Stock Growers, Garner Diabald, says the Northeast region has a considerable amount of straw. So we're just trying to work with uh, with them and, and try to set up some connections, I guess, with producers here that are looking for it. And, and again, you know, it's very much appreciated here. Uh, you know, that there is some of this available in the Sask Forge Seed Development Commission ha- have been generous in, in helping out facilitate this uh, for producers here. And uh, so, again, it just is another opportunity here, I think, to make that connection with uh, other producers here that, uh, you know, maybe can arrange something that uh, will help us out through this coming winter. Producers in need of forage or straw can fill out an online farm on the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association website. That connection will be made then with uh, forage seed producers and something that, uh, you know, that if there is straw available, uh, you know, they will help out in making that connection. So it is a simple process, uh, you know, just go online, enter your uh, contact information and they will make that connection for them. He says they have partners in other areas that may be willing to help. 
So there are other uh, partners that we have as well here with some of the irrigation districts, uh, you know, that uh, there are producers there that um, may be willing to sell some straw. And so they are also helping out and, and, you know, trying to make that connection with producers that are looking for straw. And so this is something that, uh, you know, could be wider spread. But, uh, you know, again, we're looking for any opportunity, I guess, to work with producers, uh, you know, that would possibly have straw available, straw and or any other forages as well. Producers can contact the Stock Growers Office at 306-757-8527 should they have any questions about the forage straw drop. And that's today's Beef and Forage Report. It's time now for the Ag Review portion of the program. That's a presentation of New Era Ag Technologies in Swan River. DX94 Ag Review. Among the many revisions Agriculture and Agri-Food Canada made to its August Supply and Demand Report on Friday were reductions in pulse output for 2023-24. Most of Canada's pulses are grown on the prairies, and in particular southern Alberta and western Saskatchewan, which happen to be the driest parts of the region, leading to declines in production this year along with reduced acres. In AAFC's latest outlook for principal field crops, dry pea production was down 200,000 metric tons at 2.7 million and a fair bit less than the 3.42 million harvested in 2022-23. Lentils were also lowered from 2.1 million metric tons in July to now 1.8 million. Dry bean production lost 20,000 metric tons at 300,000 going for more than the 313,000 metric tons combined in 2023 to less than that amount. The production of chickpeas was reduced by 25,000 metric tons at 170,000, but that's still better than the 128,000 in 2022-23. Russian drones struck Ukrainian grain facilities at the Danube River port of Ismail overnight, in what a senior official said today was a systematic attempt by Moscow to prevent Kiev from exporting grain to the world. Deputy Prime Minister Oleksandr Kubrikov said the port's export capacity had been reduced by 15% and that 13,000 metric tons of grain had been destroyed. Grain facilities in the Odessa region on the Black Sea also came under fire in the eighth wave of attacks on Ukrainian port infrastructure, since Russia quit a UN brokered deal last month that had allowed Kiev to ship its grain via the Black Sea. The Danube River has become Ukraine's main route for exporting grain since the collapse of the deal, which was meant to help tackle a global food crisis, and Ismail is Ukraine's main inland port across the Danube from Romania. A backlog of vessels waiting to pass through the Panama Canal due to drought-related restrictions has eased in recent days after the Waterways Authority authorized more non-booked ships to pass and as others are choosing alternate routes to avoid the delays. The Panama Canal Authority last week opened two additional slots per day for vessels without booking to transit to help clear bottlenecks on both sides of the interoceanic corridor. It has, however, kept the total number of ships passing through per day to a maximum of 32 versus 36 per day in normal conditions. 
A historic drought has slowed shipping through one of the world's busiest waterways amid restrictions implemented in recent months, including reducing the draft of ships passing through and limiting crossings. As of Tuesday, 125 booked and non-booked vessels were waiting to pass, down from more than 160 ships two weeks ago. Another 40 vessels were approaching the waterway versus 50 two weeks ago. Roark Capital, which owns restaurant chains Arby's and Buffalo Wild Wings, is nearing a deal to buy sandwich chain Subway for about $9.6 billion U.S. Reuters reported earlier this month that private equity firms TDR Capital and Sycamore Partners were in talks to team up in their pursuit to acquire Subway, which in February said it was exploring a possible sale of its business. Sources told Reuters then that Subway was targeting well over $9 billion U.S. in a deal and remains uncertain whether TDR and Sycamore can meet its price expectations. Another group led by Roark Capital was in the running. Private equity firm Roark primarily invests in the franchised consumer and business services sectors. It has invested in Inspire Brands, which is the owner of Arby's, Baskin Robbins, Buffalo Wild Wings, and Dunkin' Donuts, among others. And be sure to listen to the latest Saskag Today podcast. It's brought to you by Future Ford in Melville. Future Ford has been serving the Melville area for over 30 years. They focus on the future. Their staff are ready for what's to come. Ford Tech is changing all the time with new vehicle technology like EV, self-driving, and more. Get ready to drive into the future. Why? Because the future is Future Ford. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. We have some mist and 18 degrees in the Yorkton-Melville region. I'll have your complete weather details coming up at the top of the hour. The latest Manitoba crop report suggests harvest progress in the province is at 13%, which is on par with the five-year average. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture, based in Roblin, and he focuses on the northwest region of the province. Yeah, we've been doing well, I think, this week, all things considered. We've, you know, we've had some hot days and cool evenings, uh, but, you know, more importantly, we've had just intermittent precipitation across the region and some very damp mornings. So um, that has kind of amounted to some slower combining, I think, than maybe some would have liked, especially for peas. You know, we, we see that uh, some areas of the region, like Birch River, had about three-quarters of an inch or 18.4 mils, and then a few uh, areas that had virtually no rain at all. So, you know, that, that really has just kind of amounted to some combine if you can kind of moments for the for most of the region when it comes to harvest progress he says winter cereals lead the way we're standing provincially and uh, regionally at about 95 percent done for the winter cereals and uh, here in our area just about five percent estimated uh, spring cereals and uh, and about 50 percent field peas so i think that will uh, probably be you know, picking up again as as the next couple of days look like they're going to be dry, I'm sure we'll see a lot of people eager to get the rest of those field peas off. Fry says there's been a few reports on how yields have been in northwest Manitoba. We've seen some, some good yields for the winter cereals, you know, somewhere in the, anywhere between 50, 60 bushels uh, or higher for winter cereals, for winter wheat, 
excuse me. And, uh, you know, somewhere in the 70 or 80 mark for, for rye, which is, you know, typically a very good yielder. So those are, that's good news. And, uh, for field peas, you know, as I said, it's kind of slowed down because of the rain. Some of those first, uh, fields to have come off would have probably been ones that were rain starved throughout the season and maybe on some lighter lands. So it's not surprising that the yields would be a little lower there, kind of in the 40 to 50 bushel mark. Uh, but as we're beginning to see some of the more ideal fields and uh, better rain-fed fields, we're seeing somewhere in the 60 to 70 bushel mark. So that's that's encouraging news. Uh, and we can assume that probably the fields that would be coming off uh, going forward would be some of those better fields. He adds that the canola is almost ready for harvest. Yeah, we see only only about 5% of it is still in flower. So that would be fields that were either seeded really late or had some kind of a setback uh, for whatever reason. And, uh, and you know, so, so like I said, about 5% is still in flower, which means that the rest is nearing maturity. We do see some uh, reduced fill or uh, smaller pods in the upper areas where, you know, those would have been flowering during really hot weather. So those upper pods, you know, probably are going to yield worse. And uh, a bit of sun scald, which is basically the plant version of a sunburn. Uh, and then insect-wise in the canola, especially, this is going to be more important for that stuff that is still in flowering or um, late to mature. We do see some flea beetles um, crawling in among the leaves, especially at the edges of fields, as well as Bertha armyworm and ligus bugs. So it's just, uh, you know, kind of something to watch for if those are fields that uh, you that you own. And uh, but, but sure enough, we do see some swathing, especially in the headlands or some drier fields, and then a, some uh, herbicide application going on, some desiccation. Fry says soybeans in northwest Manitoba are in about the same condition. Yeah, soybeans are, are you know, starting to reach that point where they're the seed fill and the and the, the pods. This, this rain really has been a blessing for that reason because those soybeans uh, really needed the rain uh, a week or especially two weeks ago. And as for forage and pasture conditions, those remain uh, in a you know in a case where I, um, as a producer you need to be watching your fields and uh, or your your pastures rather and making sure that um, that uh, they're not overgrazed at this point. Although you know those rains probably have helped to green them up, it is important to make sure that uh, the grass especially has time to to just uh, strengthen up before winter. Uh, so if it is at all possible uh, to not overgraze, some uh, some folks have uh, resorted to feeding uh, in the in the pastures. So something to watch for. James Fry is an applied production specialist with Manitoba Agriculture, based in Roblin. Livestock market conditions. U.S. live cattle futures for October closed at 178.67 today. That's up five. December live cattle closed at 182.92, down 22. September feeder cattle closed at 248.57, down 42. October feeder cattle closed at 250.87, down 35. October lean hogs closed at 78.55, down 102. December lean hogs closed at 71.05, down 130. 
And that's the livestock market conditions. Please stay tuned. SaskAg Today will continue right after these messages. Welcome back to SaskAg Today. Reaction to the Saskatchewan government's announcement of financial support for livestock producers through agri-recovery has been positive. The president of the Saskatchewan Stock Growers Association, Garner Diabold, and the CEO of the Saskatchewan Cattlemen's Association, Grant McClellan, both welcomed the announcement. Diabald and McClellan say they appreciate the timeliness of supports made available and expect a similar announcement from Ottawa soon. Diabald says the $80 per head for producers is a good start. Uh, with the challenges that most producers are facing in the drought areas, uh, $80 doesn't go very far these days, you know, because of transportation costs and feed costs. And it just seems like, uh, you know, the, there's, uh, the overhead on everything is much higher with inflation and not. But uh, again, it's a, it's a good start. And, uh, you know, if we are fortunate enough to get it topped up by our, our uh, federal agri-recovery program, that definitely will help and bring us back up to where we were in in 2021. He believes the Saskatchewan Crop Insurance Office will be busy over the next few months. You know, there are regions in the province here that, you know, where they've had adequate rainfall, but the, the drought area has grown, you know, uh, quite substantially. And, and again, it's really put pressure on a lot of people here to, to try to gather up enough feed here. So I, I think SAS Crop Insurance is going to be very busy, you know, over the next uh, few weeks and then probably through into uh, into early winter here you know just to uh, help out with uh, producers getting your accessing this uh, this program funding as for mcclellan he would like to see ottawa pitch in enough to where producers could get two hundred dollars per head the same amount offered two years ago that's certainly our hope and uh, we've been calling on this uh, level of support from the province uh, we've been calling on more support, frankly, but like I said, any help is, is welcome uh, in the face of this many years of drought now that our producers have been facing. Any help to support them source feed uh, and, like I said, keep their animals uh, over the winter and be able to sustain their operations is, is welcome news. McClellan says it's something producers have asked for during town hall meetings that the Cattlemen's Association hosted over the past month. This was something that we heard that they needed, um, was support like what was received in 2021. Support to help them pay for feed is the number one issue that we kind of heard about in terms of what kind of support would be needed if there was an agri-recovery payment. So this is hopefully... uh, We'll get more details in another announcement from the federal government in short order, but uh, certainly I know producers are going to be looking at uh, how they can access this funding as soon as possible. That's Garner Diabold and Grant McClellan weighing in on the province's drought relief announcement from Monday. Commodities Update. Canola futures closed up across the board today. November canola closed at 80650 up $10.50. January canola closed at $8.13.30, up $10.80. September Minneapolis wheat closed at $7.84.5, up $0.11. September Kansas City wheat closed at $7.55 per bushel, up $0.15. September Chicago wheat closed at $6.12.5, up ten and three quarters of a cent.
September corn closed at 476 and a quarter, up nine and three quarters of a cent. September soybeans closed at 13.59 and a half, that's up eight cents. September oats closed at 4.44 and a half, up three and a quarter cents. And that's the commodities update. The Tri-National Agricultural Accord wrapped up in Saskatoon last week. For the first time, industry stakeholders took part in the meetings with agriculture representatives from Canada, the United States, and Mexico. One of the stakeholders was Mac Ross, the Director of Market and Trade Access with Pulse Canada. Well, I, I think it's incredibly valuable to have industry uh, included in these forums. I, I hope uh, our government officials leave here feeling the same way. We had some really fruitful sessions uh, with each of the uh, country delegations throughout the last couple days. And, you know, really, uh, industry, we, we're here representing the, the growers, the, the ranchers, processors, exporters, life science companies, those who know firsthand the benefits of uh, this highly integrated supply chain across our, our continent and uh, can really speak to uh, those benefits, also to uh, the improvements that are needed to make that even stronger. So I think it's very important for us to be here and uh, hopefully uh, uh, government feels the same way and we look forward to attending next year as well. Saskanola policy manager Dale Leftwich offered his thoughts on the meeting as well. One of the things we talked about uh, at this conference was the idea that other people are telling our stories and so they're going to tell our story the way it suits them the best and it's okay that, that we have a transparent industry but there's lots of things that we need to talk about from our perspective and how we do things so that people have a good understanding that we do things on a science-based science basis and also that we are, we are good stewards of the environment and those kinds of messages don't always get through. Ross says all three countries agree that decisions on agriculture should be science-based. Yeah, well, I, I think uh, the topic of regulatory uh, harmonization uh, across the, the trilateral region and our trading bloc was, was a top priority throughout the, the discussions. Uh, it was reflected in all of the closing statements from the, the leads of each uh, country's delegation. I think one thing that everyone agrees on is that uh, each, each country brings um, a, a different advantage to our continental trading bloc and that's greatly enabled by the Canada-US-Mexico trade agreement and that's been extremely beneficial to the agricultural sector and ensuring the availability and affordability of food across the region especially in the context of uh, inflationary pressures and food insecurity globally. We've, we've had success with that and in order to continue and, and maintain that that will take regulatory harmonization allowing our growers uh, in each of our countries to have the uh, technology and innovation that allows them to, to grow sustainable and, and quality food in a, a, an environment that's becoming an increasingly uh, uh, volatile and, and, and changing climactic patterns, right? So we need more resilient crops. That technology allows us to do that. And, and in order to enable that, we need a science-based, risk-based regulatory framework that's predictable, transparent, and, and timely. He lists what he would like to see improved upon between the three countries when it comes to pulse crops. 
You know what, I, I think the biggest overarching priority is that this uh, predictable and transparent framework that we have, uh, that, like I talked about under Kuzma, uh, that that is maintained and that continues. We're uh, three years into Kuzma now, it's, it replaced uh, NAFTA in, in 2020, and uh, we know that it has a sunset clause. Uh, in, in 16 years, uh, there, there is a sunset clause in that agreement, and, and that enables uh, every six years for it to be reviewed and ensure that each party is, is happy. And uh, so we're coming up, we're, we're still three years away, but we're coming up to one of those review points, uh, and that could possibly be an inflection point as well, right? We don't know what the political landscape's gonna look like in three years, so I think the onus is really on uh, government and industry to really be speaking out about the benefits of this agreement to uh, food security, uh, to uh, food affordability, and to the economic prosperity of our, our sectors to ensure that it continues uh, past that point. Meanwhile, Leftwich says the three governments seem to be putting agriculture ahead of their own political agendas. I think that to a large extent that's true. Like there's there's still going to be some some isolated incidents from time to time that uh, may cause some political disturbance. But by and large, we we really are working that this trinational accord really is working on the idea that North America is is in this together and that we have to cut, to take things to an international. Scale scale and that even if we disagree on a, a thing here or a thing there, yeah, it's above politics. The idea is that, that we need to feed the world, we have food insecurity, and that, uh, that doesn't allow for a whole lot of petty bickering. We really have to get at it and get the job done. And he says we always have to worry about more trade barriers being put in place that could affect agriculture. I think we always have to be concerned about the uh, the, the idea that there will be pro uh, increased protectionism, uh, that those kinds of things will happen. So that's why this uh, trinational court is so important, is that you can start to talk about things that may become issues in the future and, and really figure out ways to, to smooth the water, so to speak, before they start to become hurricanes, right? So this, this situation, that, that this, this conference that we had, gives opportunity. It was the first time that industry was actually invited to a trinational accord meeting. So that's really important too. The fact that we were there, that we're, as you said earlier, we're close to farmers and so if something is going to be put in place that may affect someone, we can deal with it early on, take care of it, make sure that people can, can find wins, like win, 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 and not always concentrate on things that might divide people. So yeah, it was a good conference and we're working on all of those things. Mac Ross is the Director of Market and Trade Access with Pulse Canada. With Trina from Oli Mel, why don't you tell us about some of the different locations you guys are buying into? If you're looking to call a little closer to home, we have locations at Rama, Sturgis, Porcupine Plain, Arborfield, and Theodore. And what kind of grains are you guys looking for right now? We are always looking for wheat, barley, peas, or fava beans. And I understand you guys have been gathering information for text messages to send out some specials. That's right. You can call us at one 877 682-5041 or visit our website at grainprices.olimel.com. Welcome back to Saskag Today. I'm Doug Falconer. It's week two of the harvest edition of GX94's Supper in the Field. We'll be bringing out supper for eight weeks this fall. We had 190 entries yesterday and I called our lucky winner this morning. Hello. Hello, is this Corby? Yep. Hey, Corby, it's Doug Falconer calling from GX94 Radio in Yorkton. How are you today? Good, how are you? Good. 
The reason I'm calling you this morning is because we drew your name for supper in the field. Oh, did you? Yeah. Nice. I'm guessing you probably won't be in the field today, though. No. No, it got rained out. Figured as much, but could we bring out some supper anyway? Yep, that'll work. So Corby and Nicole Koshman farm in the Insinger area. Our sponsors for GX94 Supper in the Field are Maple Ag and Outdoor, Farm Credit Canada, Milligan Bio, Gowan Canada, Sask Milk, Jump.ca, LDC, Smith Steel, Minute Muffler and Brake, Yorkton Auction Centre, the Saskatchewan Institute of Agrologists, the Chalet Restaurant, and Razor's Cellar at the Yorkton Hotel. It's time now for your agriculture weather, the GX94 Precision Weather Forecast. For the Quill Lakes, Hudson Bay, Swan River, Broadview, Mooseman, Indian Head, and Yorkton, Melville, Roblin, Russell regions today, Mainly cloudy with a 60% chance of scattered showers and thunderstorms. Winds south-southeast at 15 to 25, a high of 22 degrees. For tonight, a 50% chance of showers and thunderstorms, then cloudy. Winds north at 10 to 20, and a low of 13. For tomorrow, partly sunny with a 30% chance of isolated showers. Winds west at 15 to 25, a high of 24, an overnight low of 10. For Friday, a 30% chance of early showers, then partly sunny. Winds north-northeast at 10 to 20, a high of 21. For Saturday, mainly sunny, a high of 24. And for Sunday, a 30% chance of isolated showers, also a high of 24. In the Paw and Roblin, it's 17 degrees. Swan River and Show Lake Russell, 19. Dauphin and Brandon, 20. Regina and Winyard Wadena Kelvington are at 20 degrees. Saskatoon Broadview Mooseman, 17. Hudson Bay, 18. Indian Head, 19. The Yorkton-Melville region reporting some mist, a south-southeast wind at 9 kilometers an hour. 94% is the relative humidity. The temperature is 18 degrees. That's your agriculture weather, and that'll do it for SaskAg today for today. Be sure to tune in again tomorrow at 12.15 Saskatchewan time for another edition of the program. It's time now for the news and sports headlines.